is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist who is as known as the time queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Today, we are going to cover interesting topic that we not really cover a lot in this podcast because it's something that out of my reach, basically. But please welcome Jason Brown, who is a founder of Power Trace University and five years millionaire. So today, he would share with us his over a decade of entrepreneur journey to our Get Unstuck Nation today about stock investing, about business building, and leadership in life and business. So please welcome Jason here in Get Unstuck Radio. Hi, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. And I love the title, like Get Unstuck, because that's what most people are. They're stuck, and if they can get unstuck, they can move forward. So love the title. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, it's, yeah, because... The time that I was like thinking to start this brand, I was so stuck at I, I totally lost myself in a business partnership and I couldn't find the way back to who I used to be and how can I feel confidence again. So everything started from there. I need to like get unstuck from where I used to be to be who I really want to be. That's why. I love it. I love it. A lot yeah. of people probably in that same situation, so they need this information. Yeah, thank you. So today, let's say, so how you how you started your journey, basically, like, let's go back to the beginning. How you interested in this entrepreneurial journey or like investing even? Yeah, so, you know, to, 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 to go all the way back to how I, like, how did I first, first get interested in investing and entrepreneurship, it really goes back to my childhood. We we grew up poor and, you know, we had love. Always, like I said, we had love. We felt safe. We had food. But the reality is we were poor. And when I say we were poor, you know, we slept in sleeping bags. Um, I used to think that beds were only for grownups because like me and my brother slept in sleeping bags. And so from a young age, I just was aware that like our financial situation was different. And I always was like, how do we, you know, get out of you know, our financial situation and get to what I saw everybody else living like. So for example, when I was little, I went to my best friend's house and I was like, wow, you have a bed. And he kind of looked at me like, uh, of course I have a bed. And I'm like, well, we sleep in sleeping bags. So I didn't know. I thought all kids slept in sleeping bags. So that was my first kind of exposure to saying like, okay, you know, people have different levels of life. That's as a kid. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's because he has two parents. They have two incomes. But I watched my mom work two jobs and we really didn't get ahead in life. And so I remember when I was turning 18 and, you know, I was dating this girl and I went out to her house and like they didn't have bars on the window. And I'm like, I thought everybody had bars on their window because we had bars on our window and I was worried about people stealing something from us. And so 
I'm like, how do I get out of this? You hear about people making money in the stock market or making their wealth in the stock market. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get involved in the stock market. And so I'm 18. I have $2,000 from graduating from high school. And you hear these stories like if you would have invested $2,000 when you were 18 and waited 20 years, you would be a millionaire by the time you were 40 and all this and that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, why don't people do that? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I couldn't understand why people didn't just put $2,000 away when they're 18 and come back later and be a millionaire. I thought it was literally that easy. That was the formula. So I took my graduation money. I go open an account with a well-known bank. I'm like, hey, I want to invest. She's like, why do you want to invest? I'm like, to be rich. I thought that's, you know, is there any other reason why you would invest? You know, I thought like, if you just go for being rich, it covers everything else. Because some people invest to go on a vacation, I guess. Some people invest to buy a home. I'm like, well, if I just go for being rich, that covers everything else. House, home, vacation, all that stuff. And so she said, you want aggressive funds? I'm like, yeah, I'm 18. I want aggressive funds. I can be aggressive. So I give her my $2,000. I go on my merry way. I come back about two, two and a half, three years later. Like, how's my investments doing? My $2,000 is down to $700. And so I'm like pissed because I'm like, you just lost $1,300. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to get $2,000 from again because it's not like I'm graduating anytime soon. So how am I going to get $2,000? And y'all just lost $1,300 of it? And so I really felt defeated. But that was like the best and the worst time of my life, actually. I mean, I didn't know it was the best time until looking back, but felt like the worst time. But what it taught me was that the professionals can lose money. And so once I realized the professionals can lose money, what it did was it broke this chain of me thinking somebody else knows better than me. Because until that point, I'm thinking they went to school for this. They have a job doing this. They must know how to do this better than me. Well, it broke that thinking because I'm like, they don't know better because they just lost $1,300 of my, or sorry, they lost. Yeah. I took 2000 They lost 1300 That's 700 left. So I'm like, they don't know better. I could have lost my own money. So I had the crazy idea that I'm going to do this myself with the money that's left because clearly they don't know that much. So I took 700 bucks. I spent $200 on some gym shoes just to make me feel better. I'm like, at least if I lose this other 500 bucks, I can at least say I bought something with this money and I didn't lose it all. That's why I bought the gym shoes. So I have 500 bucks. I'm working for Sprint PCS, making $8 an hour selling cell phones on a weekend. On a Saturday, I make $64. When you take taxes out, I take home about $50. So literally, I'm telling you, my goal was like, if I could just make $50, I wouldn't have to work weekends. I wouldn't have to work Saturday. So I had 500 bucks. Our stock was $5 a share at Sprint. I'm like, I can get 100 shares. And so when I bought that 100 shares, in my head, I'm thinking, like, I don't need a big $5, $50 move. I just needed to move 50 cents. I thought that's reasonable. I'm not asking for too much. 50 cents is not a lot. And what happened was, as soon as I bought it at $5, do you think the stock went up to $5.50 and I made my first 50 bucks? Absolutely not. The stock fell immediately down to $4. So now I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe this stuff doesn't work. Maybe after you, you have to go to school. Right after I'm talking, as soon as I hit the button, it seemed like it went from five to like 490, 480. Next day, 470. I mean, it just went straight down to $4. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It almost like down to the second. Like I hit buy and it was like, 
goodbye and start going the opposite way. And so it fell down to four dollars. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like maybe this doesn't work. But then you heard people say, like, you got to be patient. You got to be in there for the long haul. So I'm like, all right, let's relax. I'm telling you, it goes back up to five. I'm like, okay, now I need to go to 550. Sold off again back down to four. So at this point, I'm like, the stock market's rigged. It's gambling. It's a scam. I'm like, these people know that I needed to go to 550. They won't let it go there. And so they're holding it down below my number. So then the stock goes back up to five. And I'm telling you, I said, I've seen this before. I had this, I've seen this pattern now. I said, I'm going to get out at five and break even. Stock fell back down to four. I got in. Stock went up to five. I got out and I made my first $100. If you draw that out on a piece of paper, that would be called a channeling stock. So I didn't know that that was a pattern. And so I'm like, what other patterns exist that I don't know about? So I spend months, hours studying these patterns and I get really good at finding these patterns and making money off stocks going up and down with my $500. So I'm like, if I had $10,000, like, woo, I would have been rich. And so I'm like, how am I going to get $10,000? I have a scholarship to Wayne State University here in Detroit, which is now the Mike Yellow School of Business. I have a scholarship to there and I knew that I could apply for student loan and that they would double pay the account and I would get a refund check. And so I had had friends that were getting refund checks and they were shopping with it, paying their rent, stuff like that. I was like, I'm going to put mine in the stock market. And so I got that $10,000 student loan refund, put it in the stock market and I grew the account to like a hundred and like over $113,000 as a 21 year old college student. And from that point on, like I was hooked. So that was how I first got introduced to the stock market. 10 times. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Which was a pretty wild ride for a 21 year old. Now, obviously I made some money, lost a lot of money and made it back. We can talk about that as well. But that was how I first got introduced to the stock market. Wow. Yeah. So I have heard, is it true that you have to like keep monitoring on daily basis? Um. So if you're day trading, you have to look at the stock market on a daily basis. Um, but I don't day trade now. I do what's called more swing trading. So trades that I'm in may last 30 days, six, 60 days, or 90 days. And so looking at it every day is not going to really change anything. You set your alerts if it goes against you or if it hits your targets. And you really don't have to look at it every day until one of your alerts go off or until it's time to manage the trade. Um, but I don't necessarily day trade because what I found with day trading is you do have to sit in front of the computer all day. And then that's like having a second job. And I didn't want a job. I wanted the freedom that the stock market provides me, not to just sit in front of the computer all day looking at numbers go up and down. So actually, there are many ways to invest in stock. Like there are more categories of investment, like more than the, how to say that? Just more like, than day trading? Yeah, I mean, just like investing in stock, when you say that, there are actually like more ways to invest in stock. Am I making Oh, sense? a ton of different ways. I think when people hear that you trade, people automatically assume that you're a day trader and that you're just gambling every day to see if it's going to go up and down. The other thing that people don't understand is that, like you said, there's more ways. There's like 36 different option strategies. So we can make money if stocks are falling. We can make money if stocks are going up. We can make money if stocks are going sideways. 
we can make money off stocks that we own by selling options against it and doing what I call my rental income strategy, where you can make money every 30 days as if it's a rental property. So mm -hmm. there's so many ways that you can make money. I think what gets sens sensationalized in the media and on television is just day trading and this guy just blew up his account or this guy just made a bunch of money overnight on the one lucky trade. Um, I think that's what gets sensationalized and gets all the news and media coverage. But there's so many different ways to make money from trading and from using options um, in the stock market. And I believe once more people understand that there's actually strategies versus luck and gambling, then it's, it, it now doesn't become so far-fetched that you can make a living from the stock market or that you can make money safely from the stock market because most people don't know how to make it safely. They only know how to gamble and and get lucky so stepping back to like after you already make six figures from it like if someone listening to you right now and they also want to start how much money do you think that they have to like keep aside to like get started yeah so that's a really great question a lot of people are always thinking like how much money do i have to have to get started but if you really dissect my story of when i made six figures no system i've made as much as like I think my biggest trade was $430,000 profit in one trade. Um, and I recorded that trade. We used the money to pay off our house. Um, that was my biggest profit trade. But if you really understand and like people hear those big numbers, they think I could never do that. But they quickly forget that I said I started with $2,000 and they lost it. So really I started with $500 after they lost majority of my money. And so that's the beauty of this is it's not about how much money you have to start with. It's more about learning the patterns of what you have to do. Cause you can start with a million dollars. If you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to lose a million dollars and you can start with $500. And if you know what you're doing, you can become a millionaire. So what's the difference? It's the knowledge and the information, not how much money you start with. We hear all the time, somebody won the lottery and five years later, they're broke. Because it didn't matter how much money they had, it mattered how much information that they have. And what's cool about the stock market is that you can practice. So if someone said, Jason Brown, how can I follow your path? How can I do something similar? Well, one, the market is different every year. The, the market I was trading in 20 years ago is different from the market we're trading in today. It's different than the market we traded in last year. But what stays the same is that calls and puts are the same. Buying and selling, that action is the same. That hasn't changed. And now you can open what's called a virtual account where you can practice and say, okay, am I seeing the patterns that he's talking about? Do I know how to get in and get out? Am I controlling my emotions? Am I taking a reasonable risk reward ratio on these trades? And you can practice that for free. And as you practice that and get good, you can start to say, okay, had I had $500 or $5,000, this is how much I would have made. And so anything after that, you start to say, okay, how do I get $5,000 in the account? How do I get $50,000 in the account? Because this is the type of money I can make as I put more into the machine, but only after I get good at the skill of reading charts, managing risk and controlling my emotions. Talking about managing risk and, and controlling your emotion. Do you have any loss details, like loss uh, story that you could share? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what I, what I love about my YouTube channel is that 
I don't only record when I win and make money. I have videos on there that say I just lost a quarter million dollars. I just lost $30,000. I'll show people when I lose money as well to let them know that it's not all, um, you know, we just don't win, win, win every day on our way to billionaire island. We actually lose money. But the whole goal is to make more money um, than you lose. But let me tell you this story, though, because you said, mm. do I have a story about losing money? Uh, so when I was 21 and I had made that $113,000, I dropped out of school and I was day trading and swing trading full time for like two years. So I was making about $100,000 a year. Year three, I have about a quarter million dollars, really like 300000 but I spent money on just cars, lifestyle living. I'm down about a quarter million dollars. I get this crazy idea says, and I shouldn't call it crazy. It was ambitious. Maybe that's a better word. I get this ambitious idea that says, I'm going to pay half a million dollars cash for a condo downtown Royal Oak, Michigan. I risk a quarter million dollars trying to make half a million dollars. I lose it all. So at this point, I'm like 24 years old. I lose a quarter million dollars. Biggest amount of money I've ever lost in my life up until that point. I'm flat broke. I have to move back home with my mother and I have to go back to work and get a job after not working for three years and making six figures from the stock market. So that was probably one of my lowest points in life because I had to go back to a place that I hate. I had to go back to that house with bars on the window, parking our car on the side of the house where people would steal it. Um, I had to go back to that environment. But that is when I had the crazy idea. It's like, I can't be the only one that's ever lost money before and went broke. And so I actually started recording myself making the money back, which is actually how I started my YouTube channel. But I've went flat broke, lost all my money, had to move back home. But that's also when I learned the most about myself. I, you know, that's since then, like I don't get too attached to uh, materialistic things because I've had to sell all my stuff and move back home. And I realized like ah, you can always make more money and get those things back as long as you got your health, as long as you got your mind, as long as you got love, uh, you'll be OK. And so it actually ended up being a very rich experience for me, even though at the time it didn't seem like it. Mm. Yeah, well, that's very touching. Um, and how you. Was, yeah, sorry. Oh, I just wanted to say this, too. And I think that's why I look at money differently now, because some people will take a trade and be like, if I lose five thousand dollars, I don't know what I'm going to do. If I lose. I'm like. If you don't lose a quarter million and have to move back home with your mother to a neighborhood where they sell drugs and there's bars on the window, then you'll be fine. And so to me, anything like I can lose money now and it's not detrimental. I'm not going to jump off a building. I'm not going to commit suicide. I'm not going to go uh, be depressed for a year. It's just like, look, dude, as long as we're alive and we're healthy, we can make it back. Once you go through something like that, it takes a little bit more to break you now. And so I don't know what it would take to break me. I don't want to find out. But I'm just saying my resilience and what I'm willing to trade and invest and willing to lose now is it's like ah, it's just a game now to me. And mm -hmm. although it's real money and I know that um, everyone can't lose a quarter million dollars, I couldn't lose it. I had to make some adjustments and move back home. But I realized that you always have options and you always have another opportunity to make it back. And so 
tough times don't last forever. Tough people do. That was one thing my uncle told me. I'm sure he heard it from somebody way more famous, um, but I'm giving my uncle the credit because that's where I heard it from first. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I, I would like to know, like, at the point when you move back to your mom's home, like, what is it that you still keep your mindset and resilience that you have to, like, keep going? What is that? Yeah, so that's a, that's you know that's a really great question because in those moments all you have is your mindset you don't have any money you don't have you know i don't have a rolls royce i don't have a house on the lake i don't have a home i can go take a heloc out and borrow from um so in those moments all i had was my mindset and i realized that that's the one thing that i can't let go and so in in those moments what i held on to was i was in network marketing before And the one thing I can say that network marketing really did for me was help your mindset. And they had us reading books like Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And there was this thing where they said, like, you know, I was always taught to, like, if you don't believe in yourself, pick a hero and pretend you're your hero. Mm -hmm. And so it asked, what would your hero do? And so for me, my hero at that time was Warren Buffett from a stock trading perspective. I had many different heroes in different categories. But far as from an investment standpoint, what I would say was, has Warren Buffett ever lost $250,000? I'm like, probably. And I said, if he quits, he never becomes Warren Buffett. He never becomes a billionaire. And so I'm like, what would Warren Buffett do? If he quits, he's, he doesn't become Warren Buffett. You don't even, you'll never hear about this guy, never know his name. And so I would tap into that energy and say, okay, Jason, this is your Warren Buffett moment. This is your moment to start again, start smarter. Because if I quit, I never become Jason Brown. I never become a five-year millionaire. I never get interviewed for this podcast. No one hears about me. I'm just another guy who lost money and went back to work. And so I said, what would Warren Buffett do? He would learn from his mistakes and he would try again. And so I, I kept that in my back pocket. Um, I would also listen to people like Jim Rohn, the motivational speaker who passed away. And Jim Rohn would say, take a picture, document everything so that you can show people. Like he's like, take a, well, he really was saying like, take a picture because you won't be here that long. Take a picture so you can look back on what you thought was the worst day of your life and see how you, got past it. So I took it a step further. Instead of taking pictures, I would record. So I recorded myself moving back to my mom's house. I recorded myself setting up my computer in that room. And I was like, I'm going to build, I'm going to record myself making this money back. And like, if you, I haven't released those videos, but I've watched them personally just for my own personal motivation. And I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I said that stuff. Cause I look defeated in those videos, but it's like, You have to still believe despite all the circumstances that are going around you because that's all you got left is your mindset. And the moment you lose belief, the moment you stop believing it's possible, then you're not even going to try. Because why try? Because you don't believe it's possible. So I had to hold on to the belief that I was like, man, one day this is going to be one hell of a story when I tell how I had to move back home and then eventually became a millionaire. Now, did I know that it would? actually happen no but i had to tell myself this is going to be a great story someday and that was the little bit of hope that i held on to in those moments and then little by little i got a job again i got out of debt i started investing again and little by little you start to see cracks of light coming in that says 
maybe this actually will work out and be one heck of a story. And so you just keep holding on to every little strand of light that you see along the way until you get out of a dark place. And how long it it took you from that place to to like get back to stock investing again? So it only took me like a year to get back to investing, and it took me about four to five years to get back like on top, so to speak. But it only took me about a year to get back to investing. Once I got a job, I could get stable and pay my bills, pay my cell phone stuff like that. Then I started um, making commission, and so I would base my lifestyle off my hourly, and I would take my commission and pay down my debts. And then I started to get back into investing. Maybe about a year later, might have been even under a year, because I always knew that I could, I couldn't outwork my debt faster, because I can only have so many hours in a day. But I knew that I could outinvest my debt, meaning like if I owed fifty thousand dollars, it's like. When you look at how many hours you can work, I'm like, that's going to take me 10, 15 years to pay back. But if I invested $1,000, that $1,000, I could make $5,000 in 30 days, potentially. And so I could, if I could do that 10 times, I could be out of debt in 10 months, potentially. And so I always knew that I could invest and earn faster than I could work and earn money. So I wanted to get back to investing as quick as possible. And what was your strategy coming back? So my strategy coming back was I'm not wearing the shirt today, but normally I have a <laughs> shirt that says "You never go broke taking the profit." Because when I lost that two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I was trying to make half a million. I was actually up a hundred thousand dollars, and I didn't take the money. I was like, "I'm not getting out until I make half a million," and then it reversed on me, and I end up losing all of my money. And so now I. Teach people like you never go broke taking a profit. So my philosophy, as I was starting to make the money back, was like, look, small wins add up. And so instead of trying to make all my money back at one time, I was like, let's make a thousand, let's make two thousand, because now I get to go into the next trade. If I had two thousand dollar commission check and I made a thousand, and then I made another two thousand, if I went into the next trade with three thousand profit plus the original two, it's like now I have five thousand dollars. And so that was my mindset and strategy is just like to stair step my way back up to the big trades where I can make big money to where it would make a difference in my life. Um, but I was thinking like you never go broke taking a profit. On my way back, I was like, don't be greedy. And you know, that's where I started to realize that trading and investing is more than just making money. It's about mindset. Um, this time around, I was like, why did I risk a quarter million? Like. Why couldn't I just risk fifty thousand? And if that would have went wrong, I would have still had two hundred thousand. So I started to not risk my entire account anymore. So, ironically, losing that money taught me a lot of the principles that we go after today. Um, I started to say, like, man, is is there a one to three risk reward ratio? I mean, if for every one dollar I put at risk, can I make three? Whereas in that scenario. I risked a quarter million only to make a hundred thousand, and then I lost it all because I thought I could make five hundred thousand, but the risk reward ratio wasn't there. That trade was never going to make five hundred thousand because it wasn't going to move that high. And so that's when I looked back and realized, like, that was a bad risk reward ratio trade. So a lot of those things started to help me as I come back. Remember, I said, what would Warren Buffett do? He would look at what mistakes he made, what went wrong. And he would start again smarter. So I just started again 
but I looked at everything I did wrong and started to create principles around it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. We learn from our mistake and we just like adjust it and do. Wow. That's so powerful. Listen. Mm. Yes. And now I try to share my mistakes with other people and say like, you don't have to go through this yourself. Like I'm telling you from experience, here's how greed took me out. Here's how not having a one to three risk reward ratio took me out. Here's how um, trying to hit home runs and then I actually blew up my account. So we don't try to hit home runs anymore. It's like I'd rather, you know, so all of these things now I try to package and share with people to say, like, listen, let's help you avoid. The, they say a, a smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. And so I'm trying to help people be wise and like, look, you don't have to experience this for yourself. You can learn from me and what I went through. Sometimes people still have to see for themselves and then they're like, I see what you're talking about now, but I'm trying to help people be wise and come out the gate and be profitable and have the right principles from the start versus going through trial and error that I went through. Maybe because the fast money mindset, you know, I think that that is something that I have seen many people have these days, like they really want to make money now. Yeah. And when you, you know, they say we live in the microwave society, right? And so, you know, <laughs> like the microwave has messed us all up, right? Because back in our parents' day, they had to actually put something on the stove and like wait 30 minutes. Now we like two minutes in the microwave. We're like, is it done yet? And so we want everything so fast. And I think when people come over here to trading, they're like, I want to be rich tomorrow. And so they have that microwave society mindset and it crushes them in the stock market because if the if you think about it i talk to traders who like they'll come in with ten thousand dollars and they'll lose it all and it's like man i wanted to be rich and i'm like okay and six months later are you rich no i lost it all and so did you really have to be rich in six months because six months is here you're not rich in fact you have less money than you had six months ago so you didn't have to come in and risk it with the microwave society because here we are six months later and you're not rich so you could have made a thousand dollars every single month and six months later you'd have sixteen thousand dollars you'd be in a better situation going slow and consistent than you would have trying to get rich and you just blew up your account and so one of the things i like to ask people and ask your listeners because i ask myself this too sometimes and i say like what really is going to change if you do or don't make that money and when you really think about it you have a house you probably have a job or let's just say you have a roof over your head you probably have a job you probably have electricity gas so you don't have to risk it all trying to make all this money in six months or 30 days because every you're already living failure. If it doesn't work out, you're going to do what you're doing right now. You're going to go to your job. You're going to, you know, take, go, go to sleep at night. You're going to get two weeks vacation. That's what's going to happen if you don't succeed in the stock market. So you're already living failure. So now let's just take our time to see if we can change the trajectory of what we're currently living. Because if you do nothing else, this will be the rest of your life and you'll do it for 40 years. You'll retire. You'll get a pension or social security. Got it. So now the next 40 years of your life is mapped out. Let's see if we could do something different from the next 12 months to 60 months, which is the next one to five years to see if you can go on vacation every single day, not need the government, not need social security. 
And that takes time. You don't have to speed it up and do it in six, 60 to 90 days. And if you don't, this doesn't work. That's how people think. If I don't do it in 90 days, then it doesn't work. It's like, but what if you did it in five years? What if you can change what 40 years would look like in five years? Would it be worth it? And I don't think people look at time frames like that. They just only look at next week, next month, maybe next year. But they don't really think about five years out, how that can change drastically change what 40 years look like. And, and, and just to give you an example, when I made $460,000 and we paid off our house, our house, I, I don't know, it's probably worth somewhere around $750,000 now or something like that. But we have friends who just bought a house probably within the last three years, four years like us. And I'm like, we have a 20 six year head start on them. If everyone just continues paying their payment like they will for the next 30 years, they'll finally be done paying their house off in 26 years. But because we learned a skill in the stock market that had some twists and turns with me making money, losing money, having to get a job back. But still here I am a decade or so later and I was able to shave 26 years off my life of paying the mortgage from learning this skill. So was it worth it, even though I didn't make that half a million back when I was 24 years old? It absolutely was worth it because now it's showing up in my 30s when I we paid off the house when I was 39. I'm 41 now. But now it's showing up in my 40s. It was worth taking my time and learning that skill. And so that's what I want people to think about. Like, think about the long term. How is the skill how is learning how to invest going to change your life 10, 20, 30 years from now and give you 10, 20, 30 years of your life back? And that's what it was able to do for me. Yeah. Wow. That's so inspiring. So that leads me to the lifestyle question. That's also another thing that I see people were like when they want like fast money ideas, like when what you mentioned about the microwave society, they also want to change their lifestyle as well. So what is your um, suggestion regarding to new investor <laughs> yeah so you know changing your lifestyle I, I i've looked at changing my lifestyle as a reward for putting in the hard work and so you know i'm like okay if we make this amount of money i want to pay off the house i was like only if we pay off the house will i reward myself by getting a car and so my reward was the car which initially i had bought a ferrari um, I bought myself a Ferrari, but I only bought that as a reward for paying off the house. So when I rewarded myself, it's like a dopamine hit. You want to get rewarded again. You want to get rewarded again. And so, you know, I ended up selling uh, that car and ended up getting the Rolls Royce that I have now. But because I rewarded myself, it translates into my trading. So when I'm up in profit now, I'd be like, let's take that profit. I don't get greedy. Because I'm like, if I follow the plan, then I will be able to continue rewarding myself. And so you may want to change your lifestyle really quickly, but changing your lifestyle, part of it is doing the basics really well, which is learning how to read charts, taking profit when you have it, not risking more than you can afford, not swinging for the moon. And when you master those things, you end up with a car. Most people think you get a car because you're a good trader. It's like, no, no, no. You get a good, you get a car, a house, a vacation because you've mastered your emotions, 
because you've mastered risk reward. You've learned the skill. You've learned how to not be greedy. Those aren't tangible things that you can see. You can't look at me and say, this guy is really good at managing his emotions. But that's the stuff that you actually have to get good at to get to the other side to enjoy some of the fruits of the stock market. Because guess what? If you don't master that stuff and you get the car and you lose it, those are the people who are ready to commit suicide. Those are the people who are like, what does everybody go think about me? God, I, I lost some money and I had to sell my car and people go think I'm a fraud. It's like, then you haven't mastered the real skill of investing, which is investing in yourself, knowing who you are as a person, knowing who you are in the eyes of God, knowing how to manage your emotions and knowing that you are the same person, whether you have a uh, quarter million dollars like me or whether you lost it and had to move back home with my mom. I was still the same person and I still believe that I was deserving of the stock market and learning it and learning how to have my money work for me. I was the same person. And so that's really what you have to master. And the result of mastering that, you get to buy some simple luxuries in life, a Rolex watch, take a vacation, get a stupid car. But you realize because you've done the hard work that the car doesn't make you, the watch doesn't make you. You can take all that away from me. Just don't take what I know about the stock market. Don't take what I know about myself, my belief and my ability to build wealth for myself. I mean, even that alone, most people don't believe in themselves. You'd be like, you could do this too. They'd be like, no, I can never do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm like, wow, why would you say that? Why would you say that about yourself? Like you are on this earth. It's in the book. We got chat GPT now. You got YouTube. You can learn anything. Why would you say you're not smart enough? I'd rather you just say, I haven't put forth the effort yet, or I don't find it interesting enough to learn it. But don't say you're not smart enough. And so people really need to believe in themselves more. And that's the real skill that I hold, not the stock market. Yeah, it's so hard to believe in yourself. Like when sometimes that, when in doubt, let's say, there would be some like some sometimes that like I'm not sure. You know, have you ever experienced those times? And I, I have one question. Like this is something that like when I listen to you, how how about your surrounding people? Do they support you, or do you have like anyone like who um a anyone that like not support you along this journey at all? I just curious. Yeah. So. Your first question was like, what What do you do when you have doubt? But I, I, I love it. I love how people try to make the stock market separate from everything else in life. It's like, what do you do anywhere else in life when you have doubt? Like when you went and applied for your first job, was there a little bit of doubt that they wouldn't hire you? Did you say, well, I'm not going to go on an interview because I don't know if they're going to hire me. No, you went on the interview anyway. What about um, if you've ever had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, if you've ever been married, like the first time you ask that person out on a date, ask the girl for their phone number, ask the boy for his phone number. Was there a little bit of doubt? Yeah, but you were more excited about possibly marrying, having kids, having sex, whatever gets you excited, going out on a date. And so that the reward was worth the risk of going for that job. The reward was worth the risk of asking for that boy or that girl's number. If you think about um, going to college, how do you know you're going to graduate? How do you know you're going to get a job? You don't, but the reward and the risk, you're like, I'm willing to take out student loans, commit four years of my life to this because I believe 
I'm going to be an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever the case may be, a therapist. And so it's no different in the stock market. So when you say, did I have any doubt? Hell yeah. Every day. I'm like, I don't know if this is really going to work, but I'm like, but if it does, I am going to live like nobody else. If it does, one day I'm going to go to Croatia. If it does, one day I'm going to go to Africa and I'm not going to worry about how much time off of work I'm going to have to take. If it does work, one day I'm going to drive some of the most expensive cars. And that was enough for me to push forward anyway, because I knew what life would be like if it don't work. I'd be like everybody else. I just go to work, two week vacation, complain about my boss and subscribe to whatever they subscribe to. And so the, the, the key is, are you focused on if it doesn't work or are you focused on the lifestyle of what could be possible if it does work? So that's number one. Number two, you said, what about people that are around me? So I never forget when I had first went and bought, uh, I think it was Think and Grow Rich or it was Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm not sure which one, but I remember I was standing at Best Buy and I told one of my coworkers, I'm like, man, I'm about to go on lunch break. He's like, are we going out to eat? And I'm like, I got to go to the bookstore on my lunch break. I want to get this book. I think it's Think and Grow Rich. I'm sure it was thinking grow rich because he said he used the N word. I won't use that on your podcast, but he said, you know, the N word, like in what you're trying to be rich. And for a split second, I was a lot to say, man, no, I ain't trying to be rich. Yeah, let's go to lunch. And so I'm sharing that story to say, like, people around you are going to challenge you negative. What are you trying to learn? The stock market? You think you smart? You think you better than us? Oh, you think you can actually make money from that stuff? Like, People are going to be negative and they and sometimes it's your own family members. I don't mean they don't love you. It's just when you go after something different, it shines a light that they're not living out their true purpose. It shines a light that you may be about to leave them behind. And so people react in different ways and you have to stand up for yourself and say, okay, number one, I got to limit my access to this negative person and this negativity. Or number two, you got to say, I still like hanging with this person, but I don't talk to them about money. I don't talk to them about investing. I don't talk to them about my dreams and goals that I'm working on. I only share that with these people over here who are encouraging and who are positive. And so, you know, I initially didn't have anyone in my circle that was super positive, except for the people that were in network marketing, because they were all dreamers. We're going to all earn residual income one day and walk the beaches of the world. So those became my people. And then as I started to make more money, like even now, um, I'm part of a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. So I'm around other dreamers, other entrepreneurs, other people who don't have a place to talk to about stuff like that. Um, obviously, I have my wife to talk to about that, but even her, I love her. But sometimes we are not on the same page because she's programmed more like an employee and I'm programmed more like an entrepreneur and investor to take risks. And sometimes I don't like talking to her about things. And I recognize that I don't try to force her to be my business companion. Uh, I just make sure I go to the people and surround myself with people I can talk to about that. Um, another thing is I joined a mastermind. Uh, one of the ma- I'm in several or have been in several different groups, but one mastermind, I paid $30,000 to be part of a mastermind. And again, the outside world would say, those people are crazy. I would never pay $30,000 to be around those people. And to those people, I say, you will never meet the people that I had a chance to meet and spend time. I was around some of the smartest, kindest, brilliant people who all had fears, who all were scared. They just don't share them with the outside world. But in that room, they felt safe to share it with other people who were going through the same thing, who also paid $30,000 to be around other like-minded people. And so 
you have to make sure you are around um, your people some way. And, and, and when I say some way, whether that's paying $30,000 or whether that's joining network marketing or whether that's, I've been in a peer mastermind too, which is a free one. It's just a bunch of us that said, hey, we are trying to do something special with life. Let's meet once a month on Zoom. Well, it wasn't Zoom back then. It was like Google, Google Meet. But we would just meet once a month on Google and we would report, what do we work on? How are we moving forward with stocks or investing or our business? And we would just meet once a month for free just a group of like-minded people. So I'm just saying you don't have to always pay 30 grand and you can do all the way down to free. Just find a way to be around positive people that are going in the same direction because there's a synergy and energy that is created by being around people who are doing big things and going through similar things as you on your journey to try to achieve what most people haven't. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Like I have learned a lot from you today. So in case anyone want to learn about stock investment with you, where can they find you then? Yeah, and and, and thanks for having me on, first of all, because I, I really love, I hope we help some people get unstuck today. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow, I'm like mind blown already. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of times people ask, like, how can I learn more about the stock market, your methodology? And what we did was we put together two things. One is the stock market starter pack and one is the stock option starter pack. And so the stock market starter pack is like, how do I open an account? What are the three most profitable patterns? When do I buy? When do I sell? We break all of that down for free and what's called the stock market starter pack. We used to charge for it, but now I'm like, let's just give it away to people for free um, because I think it's just so valuable. And I don't want money to stop them from learning this information. So they can get that at thebrownreport.com. Just go to the Brown Report, scroll halfway down the page, and it'll say stock market starter pack. And then if you've been investing for a while and when the market's down, you don't know what to do. Um, if stocks are going your way, you don't know how to protect your account. You don't know how to make money from stocks falling. Check out the stock option starter pack because that's where we teach you some of the option strategies where you can rent your stock out if you already own stock. How you can make money from stocks falling. So when the market's going against you, how you can protect your account. We do all that in the stock option starter pack, or they can download both. Either one, they're both at thebrownreport.com. Yeah, everything will be put in the description below as well as the show notes. So if you like episodes like this, don't forget to give us a review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Get Unstuck Radio as well. So Jason, thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today. I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. And I really hope we help some people get unstuck. Thank you so much. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that supports your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.